Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. I guess to even to those that aren't here. So if you could pass that along to uh, all the fathers in your life, and uh, we're thankful for our dads. I was reading a statistic. I don't know how scientifically based this statistic was, but Mother's Day used to be when there were like landline. I don't even remember what collect calls were. Uh, so this will make sense for those of you. Yeah, the, we're the more mature age group in here, but in in the. Um, in the day of landlines, Mother's Day was the, most, the day of the most phone calls made. Father's Day was the day of most collect calls. <laughs> Again, I don't know how scientific-based that was, uh, but it, it, it was a statistic. All right, so we're looking forward. Brother Andre is uh, doing a great job teaching, and so we're glad to have him here today. We want him to come and teach us the Word. Thank you, Pastor. Wow, this is loud. All right. For me, anyway. For me, anyway. All right. If you want to stand for me, please. Well, I guess it is for me, but it's for us. Let's stand for us. <laughs> and if you have your Bible or if you're going to look on the screen or your favorite app, whichever, we're going to be in the book of Mark today, the book of Mark, the New Testament book of Mark, and we'll be beginning. And I actually apologize. I lied earlier to Matt I lied because he said, do you have any slides? I said, no, but I got scriptures. I'm going to write them down and give them to you. And I didn't. So please forgive me. But today we are going to be in the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 1. We'll be in chapter 1. We'll be beginning at verse, beginning at verse 40 today. I do hear pages turning, so I will give a few more seconds. All right, if you've got it, say amen. If you don't, say hold on, wait a minute. All right, a lot of amens, no hold ons. All right, the New Testament book of Mark, chapter 1, beginning of verse 40, the Bible says, And there came a leper beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Finally, verse 45, but he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Before you see this morning, can we just um, lift our hands and lift our voices and, and just pray before we get into this lesson today. Lord Jesus, 
I thank you, Lord, for giving us this day, granting us this opportunity, Lord God, to enter into your courts and into your gates today, Lord God. We're here with thanksgiving. We're here with praise, Lord God, for an opportunity, Lord God. We're grateful that we're here, Lord Jesus, because you do have a word for us, Lord Jesus. We're not here by chance, Lord God. We're not here by coincidence, Lord God. But everyone here today, Lord God, is by divine appointment. I believe it, Lord Jesus. And the word you've given us for this day, Lord God, is to be a blessing unto us, Lord God. I thank you for whatever you're going to do today, I know that's going to be in your name, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. So in the time that we have this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts briefly on the subject of loving the outcast. All right. Loving the outcast. Now, when we think about an outcast, uh, you probably think about someone who has been rejected. All right, someone who is thought to be untouchable. Quite literally, outcast is a leper. All right, an outcast is a leper. And for a few minutes today, that's really what I want to talk about first to set a foundation for where we're going. Because we started reading about this leper or a leper specifically in Mark chapter 1. So talking about a leper or leprosy, it's... It's not the most fun thing to talk about, and most people don't think they're going to come to church and, and talk about leprosy. But through my study, I learned a few things, and my goal is that I can impart some of that that I learned to you. All right, so that's my goal this morning. So leprosy is one of the most horrific diseases, or was, I should say, one of the most horrific diseases in the ancient world. It's been around for a really, really long time, and really... Uh, not a lot of people know really what leprosy is. Right? Not a lot of people really know uh, how it affects you. you know, if you read the Bible, it gives you a, uh, paints a picture of it. It paints a picture, but I'll be honest with you, I really have never really thought about it too much beyond uh, some preacher kind of preaching about it. But this was really enlightening to me, some of the things I, I saw and I learned. So back in the day, all right, we talk about the ancient world or in Bible days, Leprosy, right, was a death sentence, all right? To contract leprosy was a death sentence, all right? Literally, the Bible says you, you are the, the living dead, all right? We, you literally, again, were considered the living dead. Leprosy begins, all right, and some of you may be familiar with this. It, it begins with, with little uh, red spots and little white spots, and, and they do what? They, they cover our body. And uh, the, they, they, they cover our bodies and, and our hair begins to fall out if you, if you contract leprosy. And first it's from your head and then even from your eyebrows. And then really it starts to get worse from there, all right, because our fingernails all right, and our toenails, they, they become loose. And, and they start to rot and eventually they fall off. Right? Then the joints of your fingers and your, your toes, they, they start to rot and and they fall off piece by piece. And it's not getting better because your gums, right, they begin to shrink. And, and now they can't hold the teeth in your mouth. All right, so look, just because you see somebody who got north and south and it's not full, all right, don't mean they have leprosy, people. Don't mean they have leprosy, all right? Uh, and some of you, oh, ooh, his mouth's not full. He got leprosy. No, that's not what that means, people. All right. Um, but then your teeth are going to fall out. You're going to lose your teeth. All right. Leprosy continues to eat away 
right, at, at the face and, and the palate and, and, and the nose and, and even the eyes, right, and even those things may, may fall off. Leprosy begins to waste at the person, right, until the person eventually will die, right? He or she eventually will die. That's what it was back in the day, all right? Leprosy was indeed a death sentence, all right? None of the things I've talked about already are good things, all right? You have any of these conditions, all right, not good. Someone says, you've got leprosy, not good. Again, they were like, I'm going to die eventually, and it's, it's a very um, uncomfortable all right, and painstaking death. Uh, this is not something, you know, leprosy is not something you're going to put on your resume, Right? You're not going to put on your resume, uh, you know, if, if you get a call from the doctor, you, you're not quick to, to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, got something to tell you. Right? you you're not going to be quick to share that news. All right, but it's 2022, ladies and gentlemen, and I do have good news. All right, I, you're welcome. I do have good news to share about leprosy because leprosy is no longer a death sentence. All right. To contract leprosy no longer means that you're going to die. All right. Only about 200,000 people worldwide even suffer, right, even suffer from leprosy. In the last two decades, over 16 million people right, have been cured of leprosy. Right. They're using a, 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 a multi-drug therapy. It's, it's three drugs. And I didn't want to get too much into the science of it, so, so I'm not going to because for what we need today, we don't, we don't need that. Right. Really what I want to impart upon you is that it's no longer a death sentence. Right. You can be cured now of leprosy through the, the, the wonders of, 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 of modern medicine. But just because you can be cured of it, look, it, you still don't want it. <laughs> you still don't want it, all right, um, because it still does come with some pretty severe symptoms, all right. Um, the incubation, right, the incubation for, for leprosy, all right, generally about five years, all right, generally about five years, but, but it can be up to 20 years, it can be up to 20 years. That means from initial exposure right, to the first sign of symptoms, right, to even your diagnosis, the leprosy could be in your body for 20 years and you not even know it, right? You not even know that you have contracted it. There is still, even though I'm saying, right, there's a cure for leprosy, right? It doesn't have to kill you anymore. There's still that stigma, right? Because even before I started uh, spitting out all these facts, you know, those, those of us who knew a little bit about leprosy, your mind went to the worst case scenario, as it often does with infectious diseases, all right? You go to the worst case scenarios, all right? And, and so there is a stigma, a negative stigma, right, for those who have leprosy still, because I said it's still not a good thing, right? I'm talking about some of the, the modern symptoms like hair loss or infertility, blindness or kidney failure. Okay, okay, I still don't want those, but, but it's not so bad as the other things he was talking about, all right? He was talking about your nose falling off, your toes falling off, your toenails falling off, all right? You know, some of you, I saw you, I was reading them, but I was looking at you. Yeah, your skin was crawling, all right? Some of you threw up in your mouth. It was like, oh, whoa, what's he talking about? Oh, my goodness, stop. This is Bible study, all right? I saw you, all right? Why? Because you think, of course, I don't want leprosy, 
And who's got leprosy? Tell them to stay away from me. All right? <laughs> exactly. Pastor said unclean. We'll talk about it in a little bit. thing about leprosy is, though, it, it, it's not as contagious as we think or that contagious or easy to contract leprosy from another person as someone would think. Because it really has to be close physical contact, right? Contact through the eyes or the mouth, right? You're not going to contract leprosy, right, just because you're, you're shaking hands with someone, right, or giving someone a hug because you sit beside them on the bus, all right, or at a table during uh, having a meal. Or they sit on the same row as you during adult Sunday school, all right? It's not going to happen. You're not going to contract leprosy that way, all right? So, look, let's go back to Bible days for a minute when leprosy was very much still a death sentence. All right. As horrible as the physical suffering of leprosy was, the worst part really about leprosy right, is how you were treated. Right? It's how you were treated as an outcast. It's how you were treated as the rejected. It's how you were unloved. Right? That really was the worst part, right? In the Old Testament, God said if, if, if you contract leprosy, right, you have to be examined. You have to be quarantined. We're going to separate you from general population, right? You can't live around other people unless they, too, have leprosy. You're going to be in a leper, leper colony. You're going to be in caves, wherever you are. You're not going to be around the general public. Lepers had to also look a certain way. They dressed a certain way so that they could be easily identified. You didn't want to accidentally stumble upon a leper. All right? That's going to ruin somebody's day. All right? It's going to ruin somebody's day. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hey, Joe, didn't I read a memo <laughs> that uh, you're supposed to be, you know, outside the gates? <laughs> All right. What you doing here, brother? <laughs> you know, we, uh, Sister Valerie taught a lesson a few uh, months ago. We talked about the unexpected... Uh, Visit to the house, all right? I, when I came up here, part of that lesson, I said, I'd open the door and say, this is not a good time. Uh, Joe shows up. I'm not opening the door because I remember that memo, <laughs> all right? I remember the memo. So, and I remember because he looks a certain way, all right? He's covered a certain way, all right? Uh, we'll read it in a little bit, but they had to cover their faces. The Bible talks about covering uh, uh, from their, the top of their lips, but they, they, they also, lepers, they dressed in, 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 in clothing of someone who was mourning the dead. All right, so quickly identifiable so no mistakes could be made. All right? if, you, if you had leprosy, all right, you had to walk around and you had to, you had to say something. All right? Everybody had to know you were coming. It was your calling card. All right? You listened up for it. They were saying, COVID, COVID. Wait, COVID? No, okay. Unclean, unclean. Sorry. <laughs> Missed my notes. I don't know what happened. All right. All right. But whenever you went around people, and you shouldn't be around people anyway, you yelled, unclean. Okay, I don't know how that, who put that in there? All right. You yelled, unclean. All right? Because, again, you should only be with other lepers. But if you got lost, you got confused, you know, your eye fell out, you got twisted around, you know what's going on, your balance was messed up, you went north instead of south, you ended up in the city, make sure that you were saying, unclean, not just once, people, they need to hear you. All right, we need to know that's your alarm. All right, we need to know you're coming. All right, we need to know you're coming. God used this disease of leprosy as a striking example of the effect of sin on us. All right? Jewish custom said that you were to stay 
six feet, right? sound familiar, six feet away from the leper. Right? In Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, goes into great detail about how those who contracted leprosy should be treated. And Matt, we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 13, Leviticus chapter 13, beginning at verse 42. Read a little bit about how the leper was to be treated. Leviticus chapter 13, beginning at verse 42, the Bible says, And if there be in the bald head, all right, or the bald forehead, right, a white reddish sore, we talked about these sores, right, it is a leprosy sprung up in his bald head or his forehead. Then the priest shall look upon it, and behold, if the rising of the sore be white reddish in his bald head or in his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. Finally, verse 46, all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, for he is unclean. He shall dwell alone, the life of a leper, the lonely existence. He shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. So I feel right here, it's time for a public service announcement because I think the scriptures were picking on the brothers a little bit. All right? Everything about it was about us. All right? His head going to be bald. His bald forehead. I'm like, what is going on? Look. <laughs> Leprosy is not gender specific. All right? All of us in the human species can contract this disease. All right, this infectious disease, it, it is not just for the males, okay? Everyone, all right, everyone. And, but, and the treatment for males and females are the same, right? The treatment for both males and females are the same. Lepers were separated, we talked about it, from the general population, all right? They were not to come into contact with healthy people, all right? They were not to come into contact with healthy people, all right? Uh, they don't live with us, and if they do, again, we hear him say unclean. We stay six feet away from me. Please, I'll mark the tape where it needs to be. Don't move the tape, sir. Put the tape back, sir. Put the tape back. All right. Don't play around now. All right. But they can't be around us. All right. Why? Talk about it. They were outcasts. They were outcasts. All right. I don't want us to miss this, though. Right? I want us to see the connection here between sin and leprosy. Sin and the effects of leprosy is in direct correlation to what sin does to this earthly vessel, our temple, right? It attempts to destroy it. That's what le leprosy did. It destroyed it. <laughs> what does sin do? Destroys this thing, all right? This vessel, all right? When we sin, we are outcast from God, all right? We're separated from God. It's a little easier to hear, right? Uh, outcast from God. No, we're separated from God. Yes, we are, right? Uh, when we sin, all right, we are easily discarded by people. Right? We may be separated from God, but what we're not is we're not discarded by God. God doesn't throw us away because we sin. Now, people might, people might discard us. People might throw us away because of our sin. People may say, six feet, please. Uh, people may say, don't come around here no more. Jesus isn't going to do that to you. He's not going to do that to you because of your sin. He's not going to do that because of your sin. His desire, all right, his desire is that we be cleansed, 
Right? He's going to look beyond the stain of our sin because it does, in fact, stain us. You can look at us, and, and, and we're a little different. We are disfigured by our sin. You may have been confused about it, but you are the same way I am. Our sin does disfigure us. And we may not walk around saying unclean, unclean, but people can look at us and can identify our sin. And they can say, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that person. What we're going to look at is that, yeah, we can identify the sin, but that person needs Jesus just like we need Jesus. Because if we think about it, we used to be marked by the same signs that marks them. And people may have discarded us, but we got to remember Jesus didn't. And that's why we're here right now in this place. So the same way that we're in this place right now is the same way we want others to be in the same place. People that may have been discarded by this world, but never, never by Jesus, never by the Savior. He will heal our sin-sick soul. He looks beyond our sins, and he's moved by compassion right, towards us right, to forgive us of every, every sin. So let's go back to the text for, for a second, back to, back to Mark chapter 1, and we're in verse 40. The Bible says here, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, if thou wilt, right, thou canst make me clean. And I kind of was talking to Herbie today, and I told him when he taught on Wednesday, I was like, why are you all in my lesson for Sunday? I mean... You know, all the scriptures in the Bible for you to use. <laughs> now, he didn't preach the same thing, but he, did, he talked about compassion, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about that, compassion for our fellow man and even Jesus' compassion to us, as we'll look at here with Jesus' Jesus's compassion with the leper. But I did. I gave him a hard time. I did. But so the Bible says, uh, the, the, the leper said to Jesus, hey, if you wanted to, you can heal me. All right? Now... We, we've been talking for a little while now, and, and I've already told you, or I've made several references to the fact that lepers were not allowed into the city. Right? They were not allowed into the city. And again, if they came into the city, right, there needed to be some, an alarm sounding, their own personal alarm. Right? Everyone needed to know that they were there. But in verse 40, right, it's very curious because it says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him. That means that leper is close. And I'm just wondering, I thought, you know, I read the Bible a little bit. I thought Jesus had 12 bodyguards. These, these must be some government workers. It's lunch break. <laughs> because I'm just wondering how they got this close. All right? How this man, how did this leper get so close to Jesus? And really, some of you already know the answer to the question, and really you know that it's a rhetorical question that I'm asking this morning because some of you remember your own desperation, right, back in the day. And it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter when you were in need of your healing or your encounter with Jesus or your touch from the master's hands. It didn't matter whether it was 12 disciples, 12 highly trained ninjas, 12 of anything, nothing was going to stop you, right? Nothing did stop you. That's why you're here right now. 
nothing stopped you. Nothing stopped in you, stand, stood in your way, right? Nothing did, and so you were here today, and that's your testimony because like him, you were desperate, all right? You were determined, all right? Like him, you were tired of being downtrodden. And we didn't get to see it, but if someone had stood in his way, they would have found out that he was dangerous. Just like some of us. Can you imagine if you were trying to come down to the altar and there was an usher standing here talking about not yet? I'm going to need you right here. Keep doing what you're doing, Pastor. I got this. Man, you would have pushed me out of the way, all right, because you're, the, you're trying to get to Jesus. I'm not saying Pastor Jesus. He was preaching. Didn't want to disturb him preaching the message. But you weren't going to let anything stop you from getting what you needed from Jesus, just like this leper didn't let anything stop him. All right? Um, on that day for you, nothing stopped you the same way nothing would stop this man um, from getting to Jesus. All right, so now he's at Jesus. He's talking to him. If, if you, if, I know you can. If you wanted to, you can go ahead and heal me. And what happens next? All right, verse 41. Bible says, and Jesus moved with compassion. Right? Put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Because not only could Jesus do it, he wanted to do it. So then he did do it. And I wonder, you know, I wonder if in this room, those of you, you know, in this room right now, when you think about that day, your own personal encounter, right? the time you met this compassionate Jesus, the one who would look beyond your faults, the one who would look beyond your needs, what, what begins to happen in, in your mind when you think about that day? Do, do you begin to get a little excited when you remember that day? Does anything begin to stir just a little bit down on the inside of you? That day that Jesus moved upon you with compassion and healed you. What do you think about? Is it, is it that joy that pastor talked about? Do you get consumed by that joy when you simply begin to think about God being good to you? Moving upon you with compassion. Moving upon you like no one else was willing to do. Caring for you like no one else was willing. We think about that day. You remember, it was a great day. It was a great day, but Jesus didn't only move upon us with compassion once. He's constantly, even now, moving upon us with compassion. Constantly saying, I'm here for you. What do you need? Constantly, his ear is to you so that he can touch you again. It's not just one time. He's not a one-time God. He's a every time I need him God. That's the God that, that we serve. And for me, I don't know about you. I don't. I know about me. But I'm, I'm glad that Jesus plays by his own rules. All right. He moves by the beat of his own drums, right? He is not beholden to, to any man, 
any customs, any, any ceremonies or traditions, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We don't want Jesus to be locked in or restricted by anything, and he's not. Right. His authority, his power, it, it's sovereign. It's matchless, and that's what that means. He's not restricted, and he's not restrained by what you think or what I think by any rules, any laws, customs, and traditions. He's not in a box. He's not in a box. Throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus operates outside of the box. Right? He's not restrained by anyone's expectations of him. We see Jesus heal on the Sabbath. Guess what? That was forbidden. You didn't do that. You didn't do it. We see him eat with the publicans and, and with the sinners. Guess what? That was forbidden too. He didn't care. Right? We see he was walking around with the disciples. Yeah, they were bodyguards. It was lunchtime again. They were hungry. All right? They were hungry. And it was the Sabbath. And guess what? He allowed them to eat from the field, the wheat of the field. And get, that too was forbidden. That too is not something that you did. But Jesus, again, he's not restricted by rules. All right? All these things we just talked about, all in violation of ceremonial law. Right? And we, we talked about ceremonial law previously, these laws that were a shadow of what was to come. All right? They pointed to the fulfillment that was found in Christ Jesus. But also in the good book, right, we know, we read that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So he's not worried about these ceremonial laws. He's not restrained and restricted by them. And we should be glad about that. Because that means he can move freely anytime he wants. Without restriction, without hesitation, without limitation. I'm glad that there are no limitations on his power, on his authority. So we paint the scene uh, on this day with this man, this leper. This is exactly what Jesus came for. This exact moment, this exact opportunity, this is why he came. Remember, the leper wasn't even supposed to be in the city walls. Uh, he wasn't supposed to be here. And the fact that he did, again, we talked about his desperation. He didn't care about saying unclean, unclean. I, I read it. I didn't see it in the text. He didn't say anything except, I know you can heal me, so let's go. <laughs> That's what I heard. He didn't care about what anyone else was thinking, what everyone else was saying. All right? He certainly didn't care about, you know, the, the religious folk, right, that just want to follow rules and, and do this, do that. That's the scribes. That's the Pharisees. That's the religious elite. He certainly didn't care about them because, you know what, I know they were close. How do I? The Bible doesn't reference them here. The Scripture doesn't reference them here. But I know they were close. How do I know they were close? Because every time that Jesus was ministering, Every time that Jesus was operating, the scribes and Pharisees were there. Every single time. All right? And I could just see them now. I could see them now just kind of, you know, huddled together, you know, wagging their fingers, you know, at, at shaking their fingers at Jesus saying, this is too much now. You know, this is too much. You know, sitting with the sinners and the publicans, that's one thing. All right? You know, um, eating with them, that's one thing. Yeah, they hadn't forgotten that Jesus had um, allowed his disciples to eat, right, the, the, uh, the, the wheat on the field. They hadn't forgotten that. But now, here he is. He's healing, right? He's healing this man, right, with leprosy. He's touching this man with leprosy, right? And they're looking at it, and they see it. 
instead of condemning Jesus, because sometimes we church folk, we look at stuff going on, and we're like, why is that happening? What's going on? Right? Instead of condemning, they should have been rejoicing. They should have been rejoicing that day and celebrating with Jesus, celebrating with that man. But no, they were, they were too worried about being stuck. Right? They were too worried about being stuck right? in, in the old ways. They were so concerned about ceremonial law, they, they, weren't, they were missing the bigger picture. This is why Jesus came. He, he's fulfilling the scriptures right now. But they were so, they were missing it, right? And some of us miss it, right? Some of us are like them. We miss it, all right? We're, we're, we're too, we're too um, heavenly minded to be any earthly good, right? We're so spiritual, all right? We miss the, when God is actually moving and when God is actually working, all right? Again, they were so busy condemning Jesus, they weren't celebrating with, with their brother, all right? All of us in this room this morning, all of us, we have differing testimonies, all right? But I'm willing to bet that we have the same relief, all right? I'm certain that we're all relieved, right, that Jesus is the one who decides who it is that he will touch. It's not your brother. It's not your cousin. Not your uncle. Not your coworkers. Not your neighbors. It's Jesus who decides. Because if it wasn't up to him, if it was up to any of these other groups, everyone in here would still be wandering around without hope. We would all still be lost if that was the case. If I was depending on man to do for me what Jesus did, I would have no hope. If I consider what man wants now, I can start to move toward that place of hopelessness again. But that's not what we're going to do. We're going to trust. We're going to trust in the Lord. We're going to trust in the Lord. The Bible said that Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him. That's what we read. Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him. He's touched this leper. Right? This unclean man, this, this outcast. Talk about this, the rejected. He's definitely breaking the rules. We're not supposed to touch him. Bible says that in verse 42, Jesus uh, moved, uh, was moved uh, by compassion, right? Moved by compassion, all right? Um, Jesus didn't have to touch him, all right? There's several accounts in the Gospels of Jesus healing people without touching him, touching them. But because of this man's leprosy, because of his condition and his status of being an outcast, Jesus was very intentional about this encounter, Jesus was very intentional about this encounter with this man. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, Jesus healed the paralyzed man. He said, take your bed, get up, you're healed. He never touched him. In Mark chapter 10, verse 52, all right, Jesus told the blind man, because of your faith, you're healed. Never touched him. Matthew chapter 8, verse 13, Jesus healed the servant of the Roman centurion, and the servant wasn't even there. So we know Jesus didn't touch him. And he healed him without touching him. Jesus didn't have to touch the man with leprosy. Right? But he was very intentional. He was making a point. Jesus can heal and restore with just a spoken word. But this man, this leper, he was different. Jesus was, again, breaking all the rules. But the occasion calls for it. 
The same way that some people, for you, thought you were a lost cause beyond help, beyond the restorative powers of anything. But see, they didn't know. They didn't know the one. Right? They didn't know the man Christ Jesus. They didn't understand that, no, we're not, we're never beyond his reach. We're never beyond his touch. You know, I'm glad that, you know, when I brought my sin-stained life to, to Jesus, he didn't care what anyone else thought. His only thought, his only desire was to extend his love towards me, the same to extend his love towards you. Because I was in this place that David was in, in, in uh, Psalm chapter 51, beginning at verse 1. This is where David was. We've been there. Right? Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, David said, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, he says, wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. I like that in verse 2, David said, wash me throughly. That's the King James. The other translations say thoroughly, right, completely. I like the Message Bible. It, it said to scrub me. All right, scrub my guilt away. And I like, that means what? Don't miss any spots. All right, don't miss any spots. All right, all the blemishes. Take them away, all the sins. Take them all away, scrub them away. I just, I like that. Scrub them away. The old song says, and some of you may not recognize the verse. Some of you have been around for a little while. It says, uh, shackled by a heavy burden. Neath the load of guilt and shame. And I hear some of you, I hear you, you know it. Then the hand of Jesus did what? Touched me. And now I'm no longer the same. Some of you, newer folk, you're like, not yet. But then we get to the course. And you're like, yeah, I know that. Because he said, he touched me. All right. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. <laughs> and now I know, right? He touched me. And he made me whole. I like the second verse. It says, since I've met this blessed Savior, since he's cleansed and made me whole, oh, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. Now, it says I'll never cease to praise him. Then it says while eternity rolls. Eternity, ladies and gentlemen, is a long time. That's how long we're going to praise him for touching us. That's how long we're going to praise him for cleansing us and washing us, right? Cleansing us of all that iniquity, cleansing us of all that sin. When Jesus touched the leper, that's what he did for him. He made him clean, all right? He touched him in his inward parts like he touched us. Well, physically, he touched the leper with us. He touches us in our inward parts. We talked about it in Jeremiah 31. That's our minds. And he touched us in our hearts. And when he touched us, we were no longer outcasts, right? We were no longer the unloved, right? We were no longer the rejected. We were no longer the untouchable, right? We are no longer defined by how the world sees us, but we are now defined by what? Our experience with Jesus, right? We're not defined by the way the world sees us, but we're defined by our experience with Jesus. Going back to the scripture, continuing to unpack it a little bit in verse 44, Jesus told the former leper to do what? He told him to go to the priest 
and carry out the ceremony that the law required when a leper was cleansed. Verse 44 of Mark chapter 1, the Bible says, And saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for his testimony unto him. Now, I've already said that Jesus didn't care about the ceremonial laws. He, he came to fulfill the laws. But Jesus didn't just trample on everything. He, Jesus didn't, Jesus was still respectful. Jesus still understood the customs. Jesus still understood the traditions. All right? Jesus knew those things. So, well, first, by telling the, the leprous man to do this, Jesus was, was first honoring the law of God. But also, he sent him to the priests. He sent him to the priests to that so that he can be a testimony all right, to them that an incurable disease had, in fact, been cured. Right? So it's a, he's honoring the, the law of God, but also saying, hey, look what just happened. Right? Look what can be done. Now, the elements used in this Levitical ceremony that Jesus sent the man to the priest for all right, uh, the ceremony for cleansing a leper, these elements using cedarwood, hyssop, and scarlet are the same elements used in cleansing someone who was uh, defiled by uh, the dead, all right, who was defiled by the dead. And we'll read this in Leviticus chapter 14, Leviticus chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, this shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look and behold if the plague of leprosy uh, be healed in the leper. Let's check and make sure that he was in fact healed. Then shall the priest command to take for him, that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and here's the elements, and cedarwood and scarlet and hyssop. Verse 5, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. Finally, verse 7, Bible says, and he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. Now, there's a whole lot more that goes into this ceremony. I really just want us to give us a general idea. You know, so there's clothes that need to be rent and, and washed uh, for, the, for, the, for the cleanse, shaving of heads and, and eyebrows, and there's more animal sacrifices. But for what we need today, I just wanted to get us that. Now, if you really are interested in this ceremony, read the entire 14th chapter of Leviticus, and it will fill you in there. So the entire 14th chapter of Le Leviticus will go through that ceremony and process. Continuing to unpack the word a little bit, the first part of verse 44 we read of Mark chapter 1, Jesus says, hey, look, I know that, yeah, I was moved on you by compassion, and, and you were healed, in fact, of this incurable disease. And guess what? Yeah, I know. I took away this death sentence. I took it off of you. Right? You, that's not on you anymore. But I need you to do something for me. Right? I know I sent you to the priests, so I know you're going to tell them. But outside of that, don't tell anyone else. Don't tell anyone else that I've, that I've healed you, that I've worked this miracle on your behalf. Now, that's a hard thing. 
but it's still Jesus talking, right? It's still Jesus talking, and he still should have obeyed him, right? He still should have listened to him, but guess what? He didn't. He didn't listen to Jesus. In fact, he did the opposite of what Jesus said, right? Instead of not telling anyone except for the priest, he told everybody. He told everybody. Instead, instead of doing, instead of doing that, all right, not telling anybody, he went ahead and told everybody. The Bible actually said that, the Bible actually said that he told so many people about this miracle, all right, he told so many people about this miracle that Jesus had to leave because people were coming out of the woodworks. Jesus could no longer uh, perform his earthly ministry there for that time. Right? And again, he should have listened to Jesus, I get it, but he didn't. Because we talked about leprosy and all the symptoms, right? We talked about the hair falling out, the nose falling off, right? Teeth, all right, about smile, the teeth falling out, all that stuff. If Jesus healed you of all that stuff, all right, you telling somebody, even if your plan was, all right, Jesus, just tell the priest, all right, pastor, Jesus just healed me, but don't tell nobody. He's preached that. Stephen, don't tell nobody. Are you in the mic? I'm in the mic. Don't tell, can anybody hear me? Don't tell nobody. Jesus just healed me. See, I'm touching you. All right? He didn't care. Why? Now, again, he showed up. It was Jesus. Jesus told him. All right? But he didn't. He did the exact opposite of what Jesus did. The same thing that you and I would do. All right? Same thing you and I would do. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shout it from the mountaintops. All right? That's what, that's what we're going to do. All right, um, because you want everyone to know how good God has been to you. <laughs> you really do. We want to tell the world. We want the world to know of our experience, right? That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. That's why the Bible calls us the light, right? That's why. It's supposed to be an illumination, all right, so people can see the God in us, right? Um, <laughs> none of these things happen. None of these things happen without the compassion of the Lord. The Bible says that the reason Jesus healed him is because he was moved by compassion. He was moved by compassion. None of these things happen without compassion. It, everything is moot without the Lord looking beyond our faults and seeing our needs. If he doesn't do it, we're going to be in the same place. I'm going to be stuck. The leper that we read about in Mark chapter 1. The 10 lepers that are in uh, Luke chapter 17, uh, their account, verses 11 through 16, right, they were all those people we talked about, unloved, rejected, outcast, un, un, untouchable, right? Because of what? Because of this disease. That's the only thing that made them this way. We don't have anything bad to say about these people, but they had this disease. Are there good people that sin? Absolutely. Right? These aren't bad people, right? They just need Jesus. We shouldn't reject them. We shouldn't count them as outcast and unloved and untouched. No, God's got a plan for them too. He's got a time appointed for them to meet him too. The same way the time appointed was also for you to meet Jesus. We are no better than the people who aren't in these pews right now. 
We're no better than the people that are going to drive by three or four times past 21650 Chancellor's Run Road and not come by. We're not better than those people. We just have this experience in my, my, my. Thank God for the experience. But we want them to have the same exact experience. We want them to have the same exact experience. I previously mentioned that, that leprosy, right, is a striking example of the effect of sin on our physical, on, on, on our temple, right, on our earthen vessels. Because of sin and mistakes and, and other bad decisions, some of us in this room, we, we've, we've been there, right? All right. Oh, some of us, I don't know why I put that in there. All of us. <laughs> All of us. This is the fourth time reading this thing. Why didn't I change that? All of us have felt rejected, outcast, unloved, untouchable. Every single one of us. And sometimes, sometimes we start to feel that way again. But that's why you got to remember that day that Jesus moved upon you with compassion. You got to. You got to build that hope again. Because remember, Jesus, his ear is always towards you. It's always attentive. He, he knows your voice. That's why that man didn't have to call out unclean. <laughs> Jesus knew he was coming. Jesus didn't need an alarm bell, a warning. He knew that guy was coming before that guy knew he was coming. The same way he knew we were coming before we even made up our minds that we were coming. So we look at some of these people who are like, oh, they never go find Jesus. No hope for those people. We can't say those things. <laughs> we can't say those things because we don't know what God is working on their behalf. Because remember, people said the same thing about you. <laughs> and look where you're at right now. All right. And to God be the glory. Absolutely. To God be the glory for that. Remember, Jesus, when he moves upon us with compassion, he makes all that other junk disappear. It is his love that makes it all possible. The same way that Jesus loves, Jesus expresses his love towards us, right? He, he puts his love for us on display is the same way he wants us to be one for another. Right? First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, reading from the New King James. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, reading from the New King James. The Bible says this, and above all things have fervent love one for one another. Right? For the love, not the love, just love will cover a multitude of sins. Love makes a way. It provides a way of escape. Love rescues people from the leper colonies of abuse, abandonment, and wrong choices. Jesus did what? He helped those who society deemed to be lost causes. Yeah, us. <laughs> All right. The heart of the issue is how will we be the body of Christ on earth? Right? How will we reach out to those around us who need to know Jesus? Who will we be compassionate towards? God may, in fact, want us to reach someone that no one else is willing to reach. Catch this. Don't miss this. It's not our job to calculate. We're not mathematicians. Maybe Trey's the only one. We should not be trying to calculate who we should reach out to. Our job is to be available to reach out to the one that God brings us into contact with, right? He's going to put people in our paths. It's not our job to decide, is this the one? Are they here? 
they're the one. Right? They're in your path. They're the one. If we love one another, right, that's when we have the heart of God. Right? You can stand. I'm getting ready to close here. I just have one final scripture to read this morning. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. Again, from the New King James Version. The Bible says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, right, but have not love, the Bible says I am nothing. Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not uh, parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, and but rejoices in truth. And finally, verse 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we know, Lord God, that you have compassion, Jesus. We know because we felt it, Jesus. We know because we've lived through it. We've experienced it, Lord God. And we say that you're the great example of, of what we should be and who we should be and how we should uh, live our lives, Lord Jesus. So today, let us receive your love as we do, but let us love each other, Jesus. Let us love those who are rejected. Let us love those who are outcast. Let us love those who are deemed to be untouchable, Lord God. Let us do your will. Let us be in your will, Lord God, so that you will continue to bless, Lord God, and build your kingdom, Jesus. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself, Lord God, but not greater than the kingdom, Jesus. It's not greater than the kingdom, Lord Jesus. And today, Lord God, with our love one for another, Lord Jesus, let us express the joy that's in us because you are in us, Lord God. Let us express the joy that's in us because you've moved upon us with compassion and with your love, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for the lesson today, Lord God. We look forward to the rest of what you're going to do in this service today. And in Jesus' name, we say amen, and we clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.